I think this all moved pretty quickly. She's probably like just on her honeymoon, just getting settled. And if Leslie Nielsen is to be believed, he's probably, you know, being the umpire at a World Series game or something going wrong. Farting up. Or he's hanging out with OJ Simpson right before it was a real bad time to hang out with OJ Simpson. (laughs) Dead and loving it. (laughs) She married Dracula. He's not Frank Trevin, he's Dracula. (laughs) 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 Where was that show? Welcome back, everyone, to S1E1, the show where each week we pick a different sitcom, watch just the first televised episode, and forgetting anything we might know about the future run of that show, rate it and decide if it's a show we want to greenlight or cancel. This week we're going to be talking about The Golden Palace. The Golden Palace went 24 episodes with only one season on CBS. They were talking about episode one, which was called Pilot, originally airing September 18th, 1992. So to get things started, I'm Jay Gags. With me as always, the boys, Nick, Gordo, Joe, and Ferg. What's going on, guys? hey Big in the kitchen does not excite me, Rose, I do declare. (laughs) Before anything, I just want to say... Happy two-year anniversary, guys. This is our two-year yeah. anniversary hey. episode. It does not feel like two years. It really no. doesn't. No. I guess we can reflect on it a second because we did a hundred-year episode. We did like a special. We're not going to do anything for two years because it's so close. A hundred episode special, not a hundred-year episode oh, special. Yeah, yeah, I feel yeah. like. I don't know if we <laughs> that have would that. Be in like the, tank. the Golden Girls. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. Yeah. No. I'm sorry. Yeah. So a hundred episodes. We did a bonus episode, which you could find uh, back in the episodes, and it's available on YouTube. And again, just quick reminder, s1e1pod.com. You can find all the links to our socials and everywhere you can listen to us or watch us, anything like that. But yeah, um, two years, it's only like five episodes later, so it didn't make sense to do anything too big for it. But I think we should acknowledge that. It's a pretty big accomplishment. It's a good milestone. They say most people don't make it past 50 episodes in a podcast, and that could be people who don't even go weekly. So the fact that we are, you know, over 100, two years deep, consistent, is Impressed, and if you know us, it's very impressive. Yeah. yeah, I think if you would have asked any one of us before this started if we thought we'd still be doing it in two years, I'm not sure it would have been a unanimous yes. <laughs> I don't think we would have started. <laughs> That's also yeah. true. The goal was 100 episodes in my brain. I'm like, can we, can we just make it to 100 because it seemed like a really good benchmark? And now it's like, now you think like double that, you know, like like yeah. let's keep going to the next one. It's almost like when you're uh. You're on a treadmill sometimes, and you're and you're telling yourself, "All right, like, all right, I'll stop at this mile. I'll stop." You know, you got to keep like you don't look at the long goal sometimes. You just set benchmarks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but in any event, for the two years, we're kind of debating between a couple shows because for our one year, we did Cavemen, which is kind of an ongoing joke throughout the year, and then we did Cavemen. This one, we were torn between two, and it was going to be either the Golden Palace or Bob Hart Abishol. I think were the ones that got <laughs> the most consistently mentioned throughout the year, and we landed on this one for. Reasons that aren't coming true anymore, so shame on you guys. I would like to say that I'm mad at the fine folks at the Internet Movie Database who (laughs) incorrectly list Golden Palace's pilot as having Bobcat Goldthwait in it. Anybody can go on right now and look at the IMDb page. That's what it says. And when I watched Golden Palace the first time, I watched every episode in one long chunk. I watched the whole series, or the one season of it, on a day when I was recovering from a COVID booster shot. 
So I couldn't remember in my head. I was like, it was early. It must have been the first episode. Why would it be listed wrong at IMDb? So this whole thing was so that Jay would finally do his goddamn Bobcat Goldflate impersonation. <laughs> it's okay. He's going to do it anyway because the fans want it and Jay loves That's, the fans. He's not going to the fans down, sure. right? Yeah, he's going to do it. Sorry, fans. I'm putting that one behind a paywall so you can hit me up privately and, and send me your monies. What a cunt. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Golden Palace. <laughs> Golden Palace is... um. Obviously, a spinoff of the Golden Girls, and it was one of those spinoffs that this was in the works before Golden Girls was even over, because I think it was only like two months had passed after the final episode before this one premiered. This would have been Golden Girls season eight, like at the same time frame. And additionally, so basically what happens is after the final season of Golden Girls, B. Arthur leaves. It's the end of the show, so, you know, rightfully so, they all leave. But that was a big point was she didn't want to continue on with the show anymore. They get the other three girls, and they give them the spinoff show, and they kind of just change the location a little bit. And we'll get into the details as we go along. And they're desperately trying to get B. Arthur back, to the point where they had even offered her to come back for a second and third season, where they were going to condense the episode length per season. And if she came back, there was going to be a season called Golden Palace. The following season was just going to be the Golden Girls again with, with like, the next season number. That's how they were going to treat it. It's always weird when that happens. All in the Family does that because for a while, All in the Family turns into Archie Bunker's place. Like, there's no changeover. It's just the same show. But Archie buys a bar and Edith dies and they're like, well, fuck it. It's got a different name now. But it's the same show. Can Joe, I imagine, would be the best person for this. Can you give us a quick synopsis of like the last episode of Golden Girls? Because I went into I don't remember the finale of it. So how does it lead into Golden Palace? So the whole last episode is a two-part. Uh, it's uh, B. Arthur's getting married to Leslie Nielsen, and <laughs> they do what a funny they couple. do the wedding Good at the choice. house, and like everybody's there, and a bunch of old characters come back. Like Stan, uh, Dorothy's ex-husband, is there. Like everybody kind of comes in, and then it sort of ends on the note where they're like, "It's gonna be weird, but we'll still be together. Like we're never gonna not be friends." And there's like talk about selling the house a little bit because Blanche is like, "I'm gonna sell the house," and then everyone gets sort of scared and confused and they're like well we'll just stay together so it kind of makes sense that when you come into the pilot of this they have sold the house but they are sticking together i'm not gonna lie i kind of assumed dorothy just died on the show no she so actually it, shows up on uh in an episode of golden palace later on too not to get ahead the, you know. it was just the way they mentioned her they were like if dorothy were here blah 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 and then like the mother says Dorothy's gone, but like that choice of wording, like I was like, oh, did she I, you died? know what it is. If I was B. Arthur though, and you look at the fact that her intention was to end with that last season, and there was finality to her character, you know, so she gets married and moves, so it just makes sense to be done with it. And then you know, it's tough when shows are super successful and there's a lot of money involved, but there's a point where after X amount of episodes and seasons, you just want to get away and do something else, and. That's kind of where she sat, and she didn't want to get back into this world. Is that the reason why she didn't want to do it? Because I'm, like, really curious if they were really offering her that much money, why she would turn grind, that down. I think she just didn't want to do another, like, because you do a, again, remember shows like this were 20 to 25 episodes. Your Most of your year is just work, 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 work until you have the summer off. So I she, think that people just think it's a grind. As you're older, too, probably, you like, been acting. And she did plenty of shows. I mean, Maude yeah, was before she's this. she's an older woman. She's successful. She has money. Like, what's left to prove? Like, just leave artistically when you think is best instead of running it into the ground. 
It's the same yeah, thing we always right. say, and this is a nonpartisan comment, but I don't understand why anybody as old as anybody who's running for president would want to be president on either side. We're <laughs> like, you've got a billion dollars and you're old. Just fucking relax, man. And I'm sure that's what she wanted to do. I wish that uh, they all followed suit and retired. Really? I want to go out on a limb here. I think Golden Palace, as somebody who's seen the whole series, better show. I prefer Golden Palace. I'm not going to get into it. We'll get into it as we go along. A couple things I did want to bring up before we get into the nuts and bolts of the episode. This uh, pilot premiered 27.2 million viewers. That's pretty big. That's insane. That's that's insane. I mean, that shows you how successful Golden Girls was. Does Monday Night Football now even get that many viewers? Nowadays, I, I don't have those numbers up to think about it in perspective, but... I'd imagine. Because that's like a wild amount of people to watch a TV show. When we talk, you know, obviously we've mentioned it a million times. We're all wrestling fans, right? And then, like, you have a show like Monday Night Raw or SmackDown, and a, a super good episode now hits 2 million. So, uh, the and most... that's a globally known commodity now. It's not even a Monday Night Football. The most watched game... I don't know. Yeah, this year for the NFL was the Cowboys versus the Giants on Thanksgiving Day. And that was 42.1 million people okay. watch that. So, but I mean, that's a day where there's literally nothing to do but eat and watch football. The whole world so has that's the, the point of that whole day. Yeah. Right. So everybody turns it on. So I don't think that's a really good number. Yeah, but like you even, don't even really watch. It's yeah. Even on. halving that, like uh, this says Monday Night Football averages 14.1 million. Right. So, so that's there half. You go. Yeah. How many that's people Ra's watch old numbers? <laughs> right. I was gonna say that that's reminiscent to like how many people watched the season finale of Mash or the series finale of. Mash. That was a big one. That's that's, that's a like pretty a, big one too. That's yeah. Well, fair, that's like a huge. But I mean, how many people did it though? I forgot about Mash, but Seinfeld. Cheers had ninety-three million viewers for the yeah. finale. Oh, which is okay. fucking silly. That's, That's a third pretty much of the every US population. single person, including babies, had that were near a TV in the entire country. <laughs> yeah. That's fucking wild. Man, I tried to pull up a nice stat about how many people watch Golden Palace, and you guys just eclipsed it with all the bigger things that people watch. Oh, yeah? I'm still it's, saying it's a huge number. I mean, that's wild for a, a season premiere. Yeah. But again, I also say you don't really consider it to be a series premiere when it really is. It's that's just a continuation. It's tough. Yeah. So even like on our end where we, you know, it's pilot episodes of sitcoms and there's a spinoff. But the way that the spinoff works compared to other ones, it's so weird because we can't pretend we don't know anything about the Golden Girls, right? Because that's not the expectation. That You're was, to, I was going to bring this up. This cheating. This is, I agree. I, this is, I think just over the line as far as cheating goes. It's this is close. so, this is not enough of its own show to really count. As a spinoff, even though, yeah, technically it's a spinoff. It's, you know uh, what the main it, clue is? They didn't even change the fucking theme song. We'll get into that in a second. <laughs> yeah. We'll talk about that. It. They certainly changed the theme song. They, no, they yeah. did. They remixed it. The I agree problem, with Ferg. Yeah. I don't think this this should have flopped. The problem flown. is I don't think this show, we'll, we'll get in. I don't want to spoil too much as we get along. But yeah, this show would be very different to watch if you had never seen an episode of Golden Girls. It'd be a really tough thing to walk into blind. Oh, why is that old lady so horny? <laughs> well, I'm sure you have the same old. question as you, as you start getting into the first one. I do declare. <laughs> She's middle-aged. The other numbers I want to bring up before we get into the episode itself, because uh, we always intend to do this. IMDb rates the show Nothing. as a whole uh, 7.2. Rotten, on Tomatoes, Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes, 78%. Uh, no audience score. Not enough people rated, uh, but the critics give it 78%. The show as a so, whole, because when I checked the episode itself, it had nothing. Yeah, the show as a whole. So by the Gordo meter, 
that's only Not 22. Yeah. But it's going to be. Hashtag mm. Gordo I don't think anyone's going to follow that one, bud. All you would be doing is changing, flipping the number. It's not that's like all a Listen, system. that's all it takes, bro. Starts with one, and it will be a million To do man. what? Like, what's the desired outcome? That everybody knows you're dumb? Well, he said he's going to be a millionaire, Nick. Let's hear how he's going to monetize <laughs> this wonderful idea. Gordo's just trying to become a brand behind our backs. <laughs> My brand! <laughs> no, I'm just saying that... They- Ace One Industries. <laughs> it's the name of our LLP, our real name. <laughs> No, it just doesn't mean, no, because the Rotten Tomatoes, they're not throwing 78% of the tomatoes. We you know get why you don't you understand it, but right, yeah. still. I, think gotta... you, I think you can do it, because Rotten Tomatoes, when we were a kid, when we were kids, it was a joke. It was a joke website, and now people take it serious, so you be a joke now. Ten years from now, we'll be like, the Gordometer. And now, and now Gordo's a joke, and maybe in ten years, we'll take him serious. <laughs> Uh, so to get into the actual episode, because you already brought it up, it starts with the actual theme song, which is the, th- it's the same theme, but it's a new version. It's the it's visually different, but to the ears, visually different to the ears, but no, but to the ears, it's the same. <laughs> Gordo, Gordo, that's a phenomenal Nick impression. You just did. <laughs> you didn't let me finish the fucking sentence. <laughs> Speaking of impressions, Jay, how's your Bobcat Goldthwait impression? You know, we'll never know at this point because you guys messed up in a golden opportunity to make me do it. All right, I will give up my champ my S one E one championship by picking a show that I know won't win. I'll, I, I'll, I'll I don't care one. about your fictitious championship. <laughs> I'm just saying, I will. I I know of friggin' animated shows that he's done which wouldn't pass but I will choose them as my week knowing that they won't pass to give up my flawless title. We'll cross so you that have to bridge do that impression. as it comes we'll have to cross that bridge but I do want to bring up this we're talking about the intro right now it's a I think it's listed as the reggaeton version but it's not reggaeton it's not reggaeton <laughs> but they were definitely in a boardroom no. they were like this song is still gonna work but what is it missing? I know fucking bongo drums yeah, let's add some bongo like drums like to that, this yeah, let's just make it better version, and there's like a it's a male singer this time to go back to what Nick was saying and I know what he was saying is I didn't hear a difference because I was like I just heard the words right well it's the same yeah it's the same I song I think that's what he was here. trying to say <laughs> yeah it's so iconic and it's not different enough to like, if you weren't watching the TV and that came on and you went and looked at the TV, you'd be surprised that it wasn't the Golden Girls. Yeah. It's that the tempo's a little off. That would, that threw me more than the other instruments and the male vo- voice. It, like, the tempo itself changes, and that, that's what catches me. But it ain't the music that matters. That's the, thank you for being a friend. Right. But then they do, like, a weird reprise, too, because it's like, thank you for being a friend. Thank you for being a friend. <laughs> like, what the fuck was that? I just in that moment right off the bat I'm kind of like be your own show. I didn't I didn't like that they used the same Yeah, lyrics. it should have been a new theme. I agree. But they they smartly though kept all the interstitial music. So when you like come out of the theme song and when they go from scene to scene. Here's the thing. I didn't like that either. That's the first oh, see, thing I liked that we that. Get. The the very first thing we get after that is the exterior shot of the classic Golden Girls house and we're getting that music, the classic like music that you're used to hearing in every episode. And only in, you know, the house now has a for sale sign in front of it with the sold um, thing over it. Again, I was like, you need to change something. Like, they were just so ready to just go on to this next. It was just a new episode of Golden Girls. They didn't change anything about it. 
Well, they eventually get a different set. Yes, well, they, because it's it's the like the final time that we see that the house is is here. So they do close the doors on that. We get yeah, inside. I think that's a good idea to show the house and to explain what's happening. Yeah, I'm okay with you that. You don't know they don't mention the hotel thing in the last episode of Golden Girls. So you have to like right. break down what's happening in the beginning of this one. I I would have. I think it's tough, right? Because we're not living in the moment. This isn't 1992. But I think that would have been like better for people to see if there was like a year gap, and then the show came out, and then. We kind of like revisit, we get back into that world, and then they kind of take us on the journey. I have a question. Did like Ruma, uh, sorry, did Ruma Clanahan lose all of her money in, on the show? Like her character. It sounded like she dumped all her money into this no. hotel. Yeah, she was I like they... loaded. She was like super rich in the episode we watched. So, and, and now in this one, she seems to be struggling for money. So that she had I to would sell assume the to buy this place. Well, she always works throughout the show too, though. She's not just like resting on her laurels. So she has, she has that she has money, but she needs to work still. Well, she I works at a museum for most of the show, I believe. Oh, yeah, that's right. Purchasing would, a hotel is a mighty big expense, and it's a big hotel in Miami. And this is Miami post the big boom of everything in the '80s, so it's like expensive property. Has everybody here been to Miami? I forgot if we talked about this in Golden. We Girls. did. We've we talked about it when we did Golden yeah. Girls. Yeah, briefly. Yeah, we've like, uh, we've all been there. Yeah, a couple I made, times. I, I I got gas in Miami. That's you get gas, gas everywhere, everywhere. Yeah, I was gonna say, What'd you, <laughs> what'd you eat? <laughs> Nothing. I literally got gas from my vehicle. Too much beans. <laughs> one of those good so, press yeah, sandwiches. Gordo's just driving through Florida. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to the Keys. Okay, I was going to say, because when you're in Miami, you're pretty much at the end of the, the state. Not the cheese, Gordo. The Keys. My low, my low. <laughs> But yeah, um, so we're in yeah. we're in the living room scene, which is an iconic set. So we're used to seeing that. Only it's pretty gutted at this point. This is the couch. Just about nothing else in there. We see movers moving things back and forth. And one of the first things we see is Sophia chasing down one of those movers, saying to be careful with her husband's ashes. But it turns out that it was just a vase full of hard candy. <laughs> and I was like, how big was her husband? Because this was this wasn't like a, a vase that could fool you. It was gigantic. So it was yeah. like clearly not that. Maybe it was before they did the crematoriums right, and you kind of get back a lot of uh, pieces. They were, like, low on set pieces, so they're like, oh, this one's fine. Don't don't worry about it. They also go heavy on the candy jokes in the first five minutes here. Right? I was going to say that, too. One of them's funny. <laughs> and then, as the movers continue going, you see Blanche's bed get moved out, and Rose and Sophia are kind of talking about it. You know, the whole, if beds could talk. <laughs> Goodbye, Blanche's <laughs> so, bed. Sophia's like, <laughs> it would get laryngitis. And Blanche yeah. heads in from outside at that same time, and she's noting that the kids outside are all want to get a look at her bed because you know it's probably pretty legendary. She's like, "Oh, nights it has known," and she starts going over everybody she's fucked, uh, who is basically everybody under the sun. Joe, were you feverishly masturbating at this point? <laughs> I wouldn't say no, feverishly. You know, no, he wasn't the, the pool on. boy scene. <laughs> Yeah, it's the it's the pool man. They make a good distinction to call him pool man. I noticed. Does anyone else think just in this first scene they're trying too hard? Maybe. I uh, feel like I'll... I feel like they wanted to. Be I like, got that. Hey, it's still the Golden Girls. Look, we have all our best hits, and like they just they throw them all at once, like times ten. How long after the Golden Girls ended did this premiere? Was it like, like... two months? It was like two okay. Years. It was like the next season. Yeah. yeah. I would say this, Ferg, because we've covered the Golden Girls, and if you guys haven't listened to that episode, we did it not that long, probably a few months back. Go back and listen to that. But remembering that episode, you saw a lot of those same 
tropes, right? You saw the Blanche setting up a date at her husband's funeral, yeah. and you saw some of the crazy things Rose would say, and the and the same things with Sophia. So it's not like they're really put. It was kind of that extreme all the time. I don't think it was that like this extreme though. I think they were trying to reassure the audience that hey, uh, Maud's not back, but oh, Dorothy's well, not back, but hey, we're still right here. On, now it's tough to say this, right? Because having not watched the end or the final season of Golden Girls before this, as we know, characters evolve and change a little bit. Yeah. So is it a, is it that they're acting wildly different, or is it that's just where the characters were, you know, seven eight years later? That's the thing. The last episode I watched was that pilot, so right. I don't know what's happened throughout the show until like this point. Yeah, and here, while they're all in the living room together, Rose is starting to have, like, this panic attack because the reality of moving out is starting to sink in. And she mentions, like, and this is to buy a hotel, so that's when they sneak in the premise of this whole show, is that they're selling the house, they bought a hotel, they're going to move over there. And somehow, to get her to calm down, they find a paper bag in the middle of this empty house for her to breathe into. Turns out, also full of candy, so there's candy and everything. See, I think it would have been funnier if that ended up being where the ashes were. That she blows into it and a bunch of ashes shoot out <laughs> yeah. yeah. A little no, gross, but sure. No, but the way they uh, they talked about the hotel, that's why I was asking about the finale of Golden Girls, because it sounded like that the hotel idea maybe spawned at the end of Golden Girls, and then they just picked it up for Golden Palace. But it sounds like they never talked about this hotel thing. Yeah, I don't think there was any scenes. They don't, yeah. And they, it just sounded like we should have known already that that was the deal. Yeah. Um, that's a fair point. Yeah, I That's think they, this was one of those things where I think they just scrambled. I think they probably tried to get B. Arthur to stay. And when they finally accepted that she wasn't, they had to pivot and they just went with this. I think I liked it better when Newhart did it. From the Bob Newhart show to Newhart? Yeah. I know it's not an actual continuation. That yeah. was just my little joke. But, <laughs> because um, they run a lot of He owns an inn and Newhart. Yeah. Well, since you brought him up, actually, I'll, I'll mention this. That was um, part of the... They they made like a competitive like to go against TGIF CBS that is so CBS put this show with Bob which is Bob Newhart's third show that I brought up in the past yeah the nineties one they put the two of those together with Major Dad and Designing Women and this was supposed to be their <laughs> competitive to go against TGIF and then after this season <laughs> Golden Palace Major Dad and Designing Women were all canceled. <laughs> So, like, their elite top shows that they thought were going to um, go against NBC, like, failed miserably. By the way, Major Dad is a definite should have been coming canceled, soon. a.k.a. fired. Like, you, <laughs> these are what you picked their go up against TGIF. I actually watched the pilot of Major Dad not that long ago. Uh, is it a show you think we'll cover soon enough? Yeah. All right, so we'll uh, hold those comments in. But we can't do Designing Women, which is the actual show where they constantly go, I do declare. And Blanche trying to calm down, Rose is telling her, you know, you're not ruining your life, you're just changing it. Which I actually thought was good advice and a nice line. And then Rose is like, we don't know how to run a hotel. And Blanche is like, well, it's no different than, you know, having this house. We, You know, we have this house that we run and people are coming and going all the time. And Sophia's like, yeah, your room. They keep oh, going hard on them. It's like gold, Golden Girls, like. In that thing, they're like young old ladies, so it's like okay, but now they're old old ladies, so their <laughs> sex jokes are just gross to me now. Again, I stand by Rue McClanahan's like 58 here. No, she she's not an old lady. A lot older. Oh, see, I think she looks younger than I remember her looking. Look Maybe again. Maybe it's the way it was shot. We're older too, which is probably a big factor. Is your 
you're mostly used to seeing her when we were young and there's like a no, I'm comparing near 50 year age gap. And now that we're in our late thirties, you're only looking at someone who's like 20 years older than you. So it's like a different scope. No, I'm comparing gold, like the pilot. Oh, no, I know what you're gold. saying. Oh, okay. I'm not saying as far as Gordo's. No, to me, she's a little too old. That's not, um, you know, no old hate. Don't get me wrong. Not my personal. Problem. She's not old. It's not old. <laughs> she's 57. Are you trying to tell me if you were at a bar and McClanahan at 57 was like, huh? huh? You wouldn't know. Because I kept looking at her wrinkly chest and getting turned <laughs> oh, off in this episode. Two completely you and I were looking outcomes. at the same thing with different results. <laughs> 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 this, this scene closes with the three women on the couch together being lifted up by the movers and taken out as they're all sitting on it. And I thought that was a little cartoony. Um, this is where the show started to lose me. I was like, what? why would they do that? <laughs> yeah, that's not realistic enough for a show like this. Guys, like, that's just a meta way for them to say it's time to move on. I get it. It was just very like, let's go, boys. Comedy. And they all just they all just pick them up without warning. <laughs> These are all old ladies. What if they fell off and broke their hips? <laughs> yeah, it's a little dangerous with a, a few old ladies and one young lady to go and do something like that. Middle <laughs> But again, yeah, if you tripped, you'd be, you don't have insurance. Like, what kind of insurance does moving company have? Like, what? imagine going back to the boss and be like, I think we have a lawsuit. Like, what happened? Like, I dumped three of the people who were moving five feet onto the ground. They're all in the hospital. Why did that well, happen? Boss, we I had to move them the all couch up and they wouldn't the get couch? off the couch. Yeah. I don't understand. You told us to move the furniture. We moved the furniture. <laughs> Uh, in this, in this scenario, in the boss is the baby from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> My stogie. But, uh, yeah, so now we hit this new scene, and this is when we go to the hotel for the first time, and we meet Roland and Oliver. Roland's played by Don Cheadle, so uh, at the time, not a big get, but looking back, it's a big get. Well, he was in Colors a couple years before this, which is a yeah. huge movie. But he's not a year after this, he's in Meteor Man. Yeah, but Meteor Man he's fantastic in. He's great in Meteor Man. To look back at, you know, now Don Cheadle, who's a like, you know, A-list celebrity, it's a very different time. He's the manager of the hotel, and Oliver's his foster son, uh, who works there too. I was looking through that kid looks so familiar to me, and I think the only thing I know him from is Little Big League. He's one of the friends in Little Big League. You know him from the nineties, because every kid from the nineties just looked like Yeah, but he was like (laughs) um that moppy nineties haircut all kids had. It's like a little shaggy long. He's like a blonde kid. He has that long blondish, like not a like that middle part type of hair, not so much the bowl cut, but like all that same realm. I feel that kid doesn't make it through the whole series either. It's only one season and they write him off like halfway through. Good, he sucks. (laughs) What's a good thing he's a foster kid? Yeah, Goro, thank you. I felt this scene right now had way too much, like, um, exposition. Like, they they both know that they're foster kid and foster parent. Why would the two of them be saying that to each other? Well, I am your foster dad. Yeah, uh, a lot of like, shows are kind of victim like, of doing yeah. that. Where they, they kind of explain through dialogue unnaturally stuff. Um, but it's unnecessary because there's new people coming into the hotel now, which is the three owners. And they could have explained that to them. Once, and then once we, then we find out. Well, the problem is, is that they do explain it because he gives the whole spiel to uh, Blanche later on. So, like, yeah, you didn't have to have it here with Don Cheadle because you already have it later with Blanche, which makes more sense. Yeah, because Oliver's worried that he's going to get kicked out because he's kind of working there, like, kind of like as an underage kid just helping around. But he's only doing that because his foster dad is the manager of this hotel. 
And Roland's telling him, like, oh, don't be worried about that. Like, you're with me. Roland's more nervous about his own job because they have the new owners coming in. He hears that they're, like, owners of a successful hotel chain. And then on top of it, they have 20 travel agents who are all going to be staying at the hotel this weekend, like, at the same time, which is, like, for a travel agent convention, I guess is how it was explained. Well, I mean, that's plausible. I mean, there's yeah. plenty of conventions. Yeah, but, like, that's kind of a weird, like, they're all kind of in competition with each other. No, no but, I, those but are you learn. We have them at my work. I work at a convention center, everybody. So you just... <laughs> But like travel agents, I feel like that's a competitive industry. Yeah. Well, they're coming from different parts of the country, though. It's like when everybody meets up. Okay, I guess that makes sense because you're not you're not all in the same town. Okay, right. Yeah, that that can make sense to me. You share tricks of the trade and whatnot. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Learn how to sell. Maybe meet people in different, you know, markets. Gordo, for a while you sort of ran a hotel. Does this ring true? I did run a hotel. It wasn't. Did you have a little kept boy with you at all times, like Marlon Brando? (laughs) He didn't work. I lived Doctor Moreau. Uh, no, I did not have an island doctor of Moreau. Uh, Gordo was the kept kid. <laughs> I know, I, I was. Um, what was the question? <laughs> Does this ring true to you in the operations of a small hotel? W- what? The episode about running a small now? hotel. <laughs> Do you feel yes. like the hotel aspects of the episode that we're seeing are relatable? To actually oh, the oh for sure. Okay. For sure. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Especially as somebody who came in and started running a hotel who had no idea how to run a hotel. So yeah. And this closes with Oliver again wanting to be reassured that he'd be okay, you know, when these new owners come in. And he says if there's not, you know, it, it's on his head talking to Roland. Like, what is this? The curse of the lost boy? Get out of here. <laughs> Something about that delivery I thought was really fun. And he and he's so good in this. The supporting cast of this show is very, very good. Yeah, and they kept the cast pretty tight, which I liked as well. If if I was to say there's some positives here. And this is when all the girls show up at the front desk, and Roland originally, like, or initially rather, mistakes them for guests. And he's like, Oh, I'm sorry, I only have room for one night, but then I have a convention coming in and you all have to leave. And they're like, Do you have any idea who we are? And he's like, The Pointer Sisters? I was like, he's being a little rude to these, what he thinks are customers. Exactly. Yeah, kind of explains how this that. beachfront hotel is failing. Yeah. Also weird, like, I'm not trying to say, like, I, I do like that it was a not the pulse of the time kind of reference to mention the Pointer Sisters in 1993 or whatever. You know, 1983, like, Neutron Dance, Beverly Hills Cop Pointer Sisters, like, is a, a funny reference. I kind of like that he threw a reference out there that was, like, 10 years It apart. is a very dated reference, because I, on the line, got it, and I know... <laughs> People that's a little younger aren't. But I'm well, sure for, though, for 93, been... though, it's not so out of the realm. You know, people should be understanding it. And is 93 the year where Jesse sings Pointer Sisters, I'm so excited, on the diet pills? It might be the same year. Um, Probably right around there. It might be a little earlier, but I'm not 100% sure. Maybe the probably early 90s were a bigger Pointer Sisters time. Yeah. than. But then we find out there that... They are the new owners, and then you quickly see him changing his tune. And he, like, very quick to, you know, now he's starting to butter them up and be very friendly. Blanche asks to see the manager. Roland's like, I'm the manager. And then she basically just asks the same exact question two more times. and doesn't seem to understand that he's in charge. And then he says, do you spend much time in hotels? And Sophia lets kind of, like, this, huh, out. <laughs> she goes, oh. <laughs> and then, um. 
She kind of makes the noise when you pull Santa Claus's beard in Miracle on 34th Street. (laughs) (laughs) And she doubles down when he asks if uh, she has any experience. A lot of slutty Blanche jokes. I mean, um, I know it's a staple of the show. Ferg, I get argue too much. They they do get into it a lot. In this episode, I mean, I haven't seen any more of it, but like, I, I really do feel like they were trying to reassure the existing audience like don't worry she's still a whore i think you're right they were trying to figure out how to write without what's her name there dorothy dorothy there and they were like well what do we do without that and they were just like let's call blanche a slut more often (laughs) yeah they're like let's just slut shame blanche more but dorothy did it a lot on the it was usually dorothy and sophia who did it so they just like double down because dorothy's gone they just like make more jokes for everybody else and that's the tricky part about doing a show like this is that it was so grounded in the role of the four women. And then you remove not only one of the four, but the main, like the first build star, take her out of it. And now you have to kind of reestablish these connections and the dynamics different, right? Like all the timing and, and everything is just has to be altered a little bit. And finding where you are in that is really difficult. Why would Sophia stay with them and not go with her daughter? Maybe she didn't want to move out of my like, Yeah, but they were stuck with her because of Dorothy, right? Right. They mentioned it in the last episode. They do invite her to come move, but she wants to stay. They okay, can't stand each other either. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, it's kind of weird, right, to be like, she was there. They all become friends, obviously, right? But she's there because she's one of those person's mother. And then that person leaves. And then you're kind of, you. it would make sense for her to move. And and. She tries to push it to make her come with them, too, and it becomes, like, a big part of this episode, if I remember correctly. We also have Blanche bringing up this whole, how hard could it be running a hotel? We ran a house. And Roland gets really, like, really sarcastic with them again. Oh, you ran a house. It was one of those things where, again, I'm like, okay, you're being rude to them before you found out that they were your bosses. Now you know. And you're being rude all over again. Yeah, he <laughs> like, flip-flops a lot. I don't get it. It's like, you need if to chill out, a guy trying dude. to keep his job. Yeah, you're worried that you're going to lose your job and, like, you're instantly jumping. Just because they don't have any experience in this field and probably shouldn't own this place yeah. doesn't give you now permission to, like, be on top of them chest out. Like, they're still oh, your boss. you to get Joe excited. Calm down. Be right. on top of them, bud. I need to clap. <laughs> yeah, just because, like, he's not a quarter owner. So he yeah. can't be like, oh, you. That would make sense if he was like a silent business partner. Yeah, he something. has no say. They are very much no. his bosses. Uh, exactly. So. And the phone rings. Roland picks up, and it's one of the guests who's been waiting for towels uh, to be brought up to his room. And Roland's like, oh, no one's there yet. I sent someone up like ten minutes ago. He's like, give him like thirty more seconds. And he's describing the guy who has to bring the towels up as a charming black man. So he's describing himself. Hangs up the phone and he says, one minute. And he grabs these towels and he sprints like full speed. Yeah. I was like very impressed with his speed <laughs> in that scene when he runs up the stairs. He goes quick. But, but here's the thing that got me. You have a customer complaining and you're saying, oh, I can't believe, you know, he obviously is the one who messed up. And he's now, I'll, I'll make sure that it happens right now. Why would you describe yourself as the person yep. who got lost that got sent up there 10 minutes ago? Say, I will personally see to it that you get them. I'll go up there myself. Don't. Yeah, I guess that's a better way you could have gone He painted himself to be the idiot delivery guy. <laughs> and yeah, then he could have been like, I'm going to fire that blonde woman or whatever. He could have, you right. know, taken himself out of it. Yeah, he described himself as the person who got lost, who got sent to bring these towels. So I've done this before. 
Um, I blamed a fake employee for not bringing things up and then said, I personally see to it. And then but, I brought it up myself. And you don't describe the culprit as looking exactly like you, right? No, no. <laughs> if I know that there is a, another woman on, I'll be like, oh, I sent another guy. I sent my, my assistant. Some tall guy who's there. seen Top Gun before was supposed yeah, to do it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So a big Top Gun fan uh, up there to do that. But no, I'd never describe myself. No. That's stupid. The guy just beats the shit out of Tom Cruise that happens to be walking yeah. by. <laughs> when I do. Well, he said tall guy. That wouldn't qualify for that Tom Cruise. That wouldn't be a tall guy. That's true. <laughs> so now, once he leaves, Blanche kind of splits up the other girls and, you know, sends Sophia to the kitchen to check out everything and says for Rose to check out the housekeepers. And now Blanche is alone at the front desk, and that's when Oliver comes back. And when she finds out that he's, like, working and staying there, she tells him she can't allow him to continue. And has to, like, leave, but I was kind of like, why? You didn't even ask him any questions yet. Like, you don't know any of the situations. Is it legal? Are you with someone? She's like, I'm sorry, you have to go. I mean, she's not wrong. Why is there a child saying that he works at my now business that I owe? And, like, that's a liability. Fair. But ask a couple questions first. Like, how are you working here? Are you in the books? Uh, Is there a reason you're here? Not just, no, you have to leave and... This is the point where we find out about Oliver's past and his mom's a drunk and the dad's in jail for manslaughter. And he's very upbeat about explaining his tragic past, but whatever. I'm sorry. It's a little too like nail on the head too. They named the little orphan kid Oliver. Thank you. Yeah. I was like, if you name your kid Oliver, are you just like dooming them to become an orphan? And we saw what happens to the orphans when they mess with the warriors. <laughs> you know, what's funny. I didn't even, I didn't even think of the name at the time, but. That makes so much sense <laughs> with, with the Oliver connection. I mean, it's like the quintessential orphan name, right? And I don't think I've ever met an Oliver before. What about uh, that time we met Oliver Platt together? <laughs> there was that time. No, but again, I don't think I, just, I know anybody either. I just, I don't know. I don't know why it flagged to me this way, but it was just like Blanche's like adamant refusal for him to be able to stay there without asking any further questions. Just, I don't know. I thought that was weird to me. I, I want to know a little stressed. more about the scenario. And then he starts trying to, like, butter her up. And he's like, oh, I was hoping a woman as young as you could relate to my problem. And this is instantly kind of works on her. It distracts her, at least, uh, until the phone rings and Oliver picks it up. And it's Sophia who wants Blanche to meet her over at the kitchen. And at that same time, Rose is returning to the main hallway to inform Blanche that there is no maid staff. They have no housekeepers. So now they're all heading into the kitchen together. And as they enter the kitchen, you see Sophia there with Chewy Castillo, who's the chef played by Cheech Marin. And he's trying to kick them all out of the kitchen. So Cheech, at this point, I mean, again, he's so famous from, at this point, Cheech and Chong, but he hasn't done like Nash Bridges or anything yet. He's probably taking kind of, I'm sorry, I'm probably forgetting, but post Cheech and Chong, pre Nash Bridges, he's, he's floundering a little bit, right? I wouldn't say floundering. He stars in Born in East L.A., which is a pretty big movie. And he's, like, popping up and doing stuff. And there's Cheech and Chong movies throughout the 80s. And he's, like, always in stuff. And this is a right around the same time, too, where he'd start working on all, like, the Robert Rodriguez and uh, Tarantino movies. Because, like, in this pretty quick succession yeah, from, from here. Dust Till Dawn, yeah. Yeah, Dust Till Dawn, Desperado. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, and Nash I mean, Bridges is probably, like, what, 96, maybe? With I guess Don Johnson like- from Miami Vice. We'll get into the, some of the 96. lines in a second. It just, as he's 
playing this character. I felt like this was a little beneath him. And it's just like I was trying to like in my head justify why he would be on the show. Uh, why Golden Girls was a successful show, correct? Right. Very successful. Very successful. So why wouldn't you want to link up with a very successful show? I guess it was the way... I agree. It's the way the characters portrayed, at least in this episode, was a little too stereotypical. Oh, I agree. I agree about that, but I see why he wanted to be on here. I will say, though, too, as somebody who's seen ahead, like, he's a very large presence on the show. He's not just, like, somebody they run into every... for five minutes an episode, like... Him and Don Cheadle, I think, are like pretty much equally in the show as much as the Golden Girls are. So I, I see that. We were like, well, now we'll be on this big show. It probably paid really well, too, right? Because look how big the ratings were. No, I mean, I get it. It was just a, a few of those those jokes that were kind of coming up right away were a little weird to me. This is the very end of that time frame, too, that like we grew up in, right? Where it was like, if you're a movie actor and you start doing TV, it was like looked down upon, which is like completely gone now, right? Like, you oh, can yeah, yeah. act in anything and nobody thinks anything of it. But, it's kind of I mean, opposite. I can see that people would perceive this as like a slight, but you're again, you're jumping into a pretty big show. I was going to say, I think now it's like an opposite. Um, With streaming, where- yeah. But because streaming like, two at, movies come directly to streamers the same way that TV shows do. So like everybody's just kind of in the ether at the same in the same place, you know. Well, look at Steve Carell when he jumped to the office. That was a huge deal. Not really. When Steve Carell went to the office, he, he wasn't this big was, yet. This was like his first starring role in anything. He was on the Daily Show, 40, and I thought and he, he was on he Forty Year Virgin. Be, he left no, that was because he got too started. big. Yeah, yeah. Forty Year Virgin oh, happened like. During the office, they were like run. a couple seasons in when he got Forty Year Old Virgin. But anyway, yeah, he was oh, like okay. doing like a, the Dana Carvey show, and he was a writer and doing SNL stuff. So he was like a comedian who do bit parts. I think he for a while he did Daily Show too. Yeah, he was mostly oh, yeah, for Daily Steven Show, and, and then he had like a uh, scene in like Bruce Almighty that was like very popular. That that kind of got him. Yeah, and he was Brick Tamblin in in uh, Anchorman. Anchorman. Yeah, the yeah, Anchorman would have been pre The Office, right? Yeah. Yes, I yeah. think so. So anyways, going back to this, finding out that they're in charge doesn't seem to phase him. And he says everything, you know, everything you know about angry Mexican chefs is true. And you better run as fast as your legs can take you. And Sophia's like, no, I'm the boss. And he says, he's broken pinatas bigger than her. And again, it was just like, I don't know. Right off the bat, I'm a Mexican chef. I've broken pinatas as big as you. It's just, I don't, it's just like every single line. It's like, we know you're Mexican. I, I felt like they were really driving it in a little too hard in the like beginning. The Mexican part, yes, but as far as being like a head chef, like they're known to be standoffish and like let like that and fight. The kitchen is their domain, you know. Yeah, kitchen so staff. That part's believe uh, believable at least. Yeah. I think that's one of the more believable parts of the show. And he tells them, you know, I've really been building up this place in the last month or so that I've been here, cooking some of the finest Mexican food in town. And Sophia's like. Well, from now on, we're cooking Italian. And the studio audience went kind of crazy. Yeah, like, I thought that was weird. Is that racist? <laughs> like, like, no more of this Mexican shit. We're Italian now. The All I can think like, of yeah. is that, like, that's the two best kinds of food ever. Like, if, if one of them could also just make a burger, I'd be like, this is my happy place. Be like, yeah. oh, I want nachos and, like, chicken parm and a burger. Like, this is the best kitchen. Just do both. Just that crowd response was so strong like stronger than i remember any other reaction throughout the episode i was like why on that line 
It was filmed in Brooklyn. <laughs> so then he tells her the only way that she's making pizza in there is if she puts beans and jalapenos on it and calls it nachos. <laughs> Again, I was like, I felt like that line was super. Funny. I also don't get it. <laughs> yeah, a pizza with beans and jalapenos on it is still not nachos. It's just bean and jalapeno <laughs> pizza. Kind of gross pizza, yeah. I would we try also live it. in a world now where they make Mexican pizza. That's also true. And Chinese pizza, true. which is one of my favorites. Chinese pizza is really good. What's on Chinese pizza? It's Not built on a scallion this. pancake, and then they just kind of put appetizers and cheese on the top of it. Spare ribs on oh. the top. Yeah, it's like boneless spare rib, and you get like a drizzle of like teriyaki sauce, and they throw some cheese on it. It's really fucking good. That's not like a worldwide thing. That's an HKD thing. Uh, no, no, Little that... Asia as well. All regional, yeah. so I don't want to get... I don't know. I'm sure other Chinese food places across the country do it, but a couple of very but specific... Northeast that must be or the... New England or Northeast Coast Chinese food is different than a lot of other Chinese food. That must be the only place that buys cheese. That a Chinese chain that buys cheese. Yeah, I was talking about that the other day. Aside from a crab rangoon, there's like no cheese in anything Chinese food. Yeah. Anyways. Carry yeah, on. So... I was trying so now, to think if, if that was accurate, and it yeah. is. <laughs> so Sophia stays pretty strict on this whole Italian thing, and Chewie finally just says, you know what? I quit, and he leaves. So now in the next scene, Blanche and Roland are in their office while she's kind of on the phone with her lawyer trying to get out of this whole situation. And not only is she stuck, but we find out that she has this big payment that's due in a week, or they're going to get shut down completely. I feel like there should have been one more scene in between her with Oliver and her with him. Because it just cuts to her trying to get out of it. Like, there should have been, like, the whole scene of her confronting him. Like, this place sucks? Uh-oh. Like, Yeah, because she's been pretty for it up until now. And, yeah, now it's like, I got to get out of here quick. And she doesn't even know about, like, half the shortcomings of the place yet. That's a good point, yeah. yeah. But Oliver should have been, like, a pretty good indicator, though, right? Like, why is there a little kid answering the phone, running towels, doing stuff like that? Something is obviously not right in the business practice if you But got I guess a the connection kid. to the fact that her his foster parent is running the place makes a little bit of sense there. Because he's just kind of working with dad. Yeah, that does make sense. And it's not so much it's also that they're short staffed, but even if they were a little more staffed, I think he would be there anyways helping out. So I I guess that's justifiable. But we basically find out the way it was explained when she gets off the phone is that the previous owners fired everybody but just a couple people to fix the numbers so it looked like they were turning a profit right before they made the sale. So now, if the travel agents, who are all showing up, check out early because they're unhappy with their stay, they're not going to pull in enough money to make the next banknote. And Roland says that he's going to have to go back to Disney World and strap on his sneezy head. First of all, that is not true because they would pay when they get to the hotel regardless. So also, also depend- not true is uh he would never be sneezy. Disney is very particular with the height of their their dwarves. Okay, <laughs> that's a good. I point. mean the I mean the seven dwarves. And yeah, like, yeah. Even if you wanted to be like Tigger, you have to be a certain height to be like Tigger from Winnie the Pooh. They are very yeah. like with their like characters. Ferg knows this from many rejected applications. <laughs> they won't hire me, man. He just sent an email. Then who can I be? Berg's <laughs> looking into getting the Cotton Hill surgery to take his shins out so he can be the same height as a seven dwarf. Hi ho, Berg! If you could be a Disney character, what Disney character would you be? 
grumpy. In reality, I'd probably be grumpy, but yeah. <laughs> I would like <laughs> I would like to be Scrooge McDuck because he's one of my favorites and he's rich. It's a good one. Okay, that's good. Anybody else have a favorite that I they don't. would want to be? For like Disney in general? Yeah, if you could play a Disney character, who would you be? I really don't know. <laughs> I really don't I, know. Uh, I don't know either. That's a top. There's so yeah. many. Do you have one yourself? Off the top of my head, no, but Sleepy? I mean, I could. No, I wouldn't be a dwarf. I'm not the only one that ever has answers to Gordo's questions. I, I would want to be the parrot from Aladdin, Gilbert Godfrey. I was just Diago? thinking that. Diago. I was just thinking that. Um, I'm molting. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I could play Sebastian. Why? Wait, who's Sebastian? The crab under the, the sea. Oh, under the sea. Okay. I got a good good accent. I could I could pull that off. Yeah, let's. I, hear it. I, I mean, as as most of you guys know, uh, Goofy movie is one of my all time favorites. So maybe Max. Son of Goof. a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> this is infringement. So now Blanche gets up because she feels like she has to tell the others, and Roland's like, "Why did they tell me that you guys had experience with this?" And he, he said, I heard you were part of a successful chain. And she's like, the only chain I was ever a part of, I'm not telling you about. Ew. Oh, Joe. I oh, declare. there you go. I, I'll say this. And I'm not, I'm, I've seen plenty of the Golden Girls, but it's not fresh in my mind. And I know the joke is always that she's a slut. But like. She ever get, get Having like a ran train on ran on her? Is that is that the kind of lens <laughs> that they were going to back then in that show? I don't. I mean, I feel like I'm trying to remember if they've ever made a "she gets a train" (laughs) joke. I feel like like that's that's the kind of joke they'd make at her expense, but not the kind that she would. She would make on herself. Yeah. Like in reality, this happened. These aren't just jokes. She's a whore. Like ten guys. Like the only other time I've ever had all my holes filled at the same time. I'm not going to (laughs) tell you about. I do declare. It's like that seems like an odd thing to say to your new boss. Maybe she meant like chains, like as in like BDSM. Maybe. Oh, okay. Maybe. Oh, oh, that makes way more sense than getting train ran on. You know what? Still, what if it was human centipede, like a chain of people? <laughs> That's of what I was thinking too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want any of these visuals in my head. So to move right along, so you get to eat moves. at the front, but you have more fun on the back. Is what I would assume. <laughs> but you don't want to eat on the back either. Oh boy. Um <laughs> so Sophia and Rose are cooking in the kitchen and Sophia tells a joke about how she used to do catering for Italian funerals, but that was a lot easier because usually they tip you off a couple days ahead of time so you can start cooking beforehand. Uh that's what, like a like a putting a hit on them type joke? Yeah, it's a mob Pretty joke. Much, yes. So Blanche comes in and tells them the situation, and Rose doesn't understand at first and one thing I liked was when Sophia's trying to break it down for her so she understands that they're broke and she's like, Rip the creek, Mahala, bust, we have a dog here. And Rose's face when she hears that there's a dog there, she thinks there's literally a dog in the hotel, and she lightens up so much. I thought it was so funny. <laughs> it's one of the best best like line readings of the whole show. She's like, where? Where? <laughs> <laughs> so fucking good. This is when I started questioning the whole money thing. I was like, isn't she rich? Like, can't she take some of her personal funds and, like, you know, hire staff? Again, I don't know the specifics, but I just imagine that buying a hotel is Was all the money, yeah. Yeah. I guess I just assumed she was a lot richer than she is. Yeah, that might be part of it. 
That's on me. And then when the reality of the situation starts to kick in, she says that this is her worst nightmare and she wishes Dorothy were here. And Blanche is like, I'm afraid even Dorothy couldn't help us out with this one. She's like, no, but she could beat the crap out of you. (laughs) That was my favorite line in the show. It was so, I did not expect it. It was really good. This is also when I started to think she might be dead. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I thought the same thing. Yeah, I guess maybe just because I know enough, I couldn't detach it. But they didn't, I don't know. I, I didn't feel like there were any cues that she was dead. Knowing the end of Golden Girls, so maybe that's why. I don't think I've seen the end of Golden Girls, so I didn't know if she... So I'm with Ferg that I thought she was dead. It did end with her wedding and her movie, like we said, and she moves off, and this is only a couple months later. You're assuming that most people watching this were also Golden Girls fans. Right. Yes, because it's a continuation. It's not a fucking another show. It really is. This is a rule break. but this is a bit of a rule break, I will say. It's, like, it's uh, Empty new... Nest is a much more of a spin-off spin-off to We've Girls. talked about this, though. I mean, it has a new name, and it's season one, episode one, so it, it's the first televised episode of, of Golden Palace. So, by it's all listed accounts. separately on Hulu. You watch all of Golden Girls, and then you watch all of Golden Palace. Yeah. So now the girls are starting to panic, and Blanche tells them, you know, we can make this work, and we don't really have a choice anyways, and they're just going to have to do all the work themselves. And Rose is like, we're too old to do all the work. And I hate you for this. <laughs> She's and, like genuinely like, this is like kind of like the angriest you really see Rose. Well, she ever. was already, yeah, she was already nervous and upset about the idea of leaving this home that she loved to do this. And now she finds out that they're on the brink of being completely broken, thrown out on the street. And they're older women. Like she doesn't want to start all over again and start working 40 hours a week. Yeah. I, were, I definitely feel for her in this because yeah. she's also, she's, she's kind of the most aloof one, right? She's kind of dumb with, I don't want to call her dumb, but like, that's what they're going that's, for. That's right? the character type that she always had. Right. And she just doesn't want to be away from her friends. She didn't want to do this to begin with. And now it's just turned to shit. I, I, you know, you kind of feel bad for her in, in this instance, but, uh, I, I, I would feel the same way. I think we're going to start over at 70. is probably a little scary yeah. too, right? The thing is, what did she really lose? They were living off, um, but Sorry. they were all retired. You know, they were all just like retired and living their retirement. And it seems to me that like everybody probably kicked in some money on this. Like it wasn't mm-hmm. just like 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 yeah. Rose sold her house and they all pulled their money together. Yeah. So now oh, what okay, I that makes sense. Where I think they failed was we never really got the explanation of why they bought the hotel. We just know they bought a hotel and there's no like explanation anywhere as to why that decision was made. It was Rue McClanahan's house, correct? Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's what I mean when I said they were living off her. But they all worked. Yeah, but her. Yeah, they basically. The Everyone way it was but Sophia worked. The way it was explained in Golden Girls was they basically answered an ad and yeah, you know, took over rooms. Yeah, and they just became close friends. Yeah, so they're paying rent too. They're all paying Sophia. rent. I mean, to uh, to Rue. But why? Why Blanche would then want to sell her home to buy a hotel and start working again in that industry? And her age is a little questionable, and, and maybe a little explanation. Well, no, it's it's explained earlier. Um, the salespeople explained it to her as it was a successful hotel that runs itself. So she thought she was she thought she was buying it. It was going to run run itself, and they were going to be able to just hang out and collect money off this like. Yeah, I guess, line. and then maybe you know. Doesn't she explain it very soon that that's her explanation for it? That they thought it would just be printing money. 
Well, early on, it was kind of explained that way. So, yes, in that regard, I guess it it kind of makes sense. But when you're still talking about women on the brink of, not even on the brink of, in their retirement, there's not that need for the extra income. So it doesn't matter if it's, you know, you can just live a comfortable, happy life as they were. Plus, but, like, you're thinking of the luxury, too, of like, hey, and now you're going to live in a hotel on South Beach in Miami where there's a pool and a spa right. and all this stuff and you're on the beach and that's where you live now. It's taken care of. It's part of this investment. You have this like beautiful hotel room that you live in. Right. Like I think it's appealing in that way. So now Sophia says that, you know, we better get to work because we don't really have any other choice. And Blanche is kind of excited. It's like, okay, like, look at us. We're like the three musketeers. And as she's exiting the kitchen, she's telling them, I want this all over. You're going to be thanking me for all this. And after she walks out, Rose says to Sophia, maybe we don't need Dorothy. Maybe we can just beat the crap out of her with the two of us. <laughs> gave me a good Perfect laugh. way to button that scene up. Yeah, it closed out nice. It, everything came full circle. So in that next scene, Blanche walks into the main lobby and she sees Roland talking to the pool guy, Brad. And she starts flirting very hard with them the second she sees him. And he seems to be taking to it pretty well. He's, he's pretty um, accepting of her advances. And Sophia walks by and in passing just calls her a modern tramp. And they really like took a long pause for reaction shots and laughter. <laughs> like, modern tramp? I heard lying tramp. Was it lying tramp? I thought it was modern tramp. I think it's lying. Maybe it I'll was. Go back to the footage. I thought it was modern, yeah, but regardless, a, a tramp nonetheless. And then Brad brings up that there's been payment issues. And she walks him over to the couch and gives him like this excuse about how all the money needs to be transferred from one account to another. And then it's like a Swiss account. And, you know, I am I understand what you being a pool man, you must know all about international banking. And he's like, well, you know, just a little bit. And Sophia walks by again and just goes, slut. <laughs> like nothing the else. slut is like hard. <laughs> yeah. That's a hard that ass was, uh, I unexpected. died laughing. I was not expecting that. And that was kind of just buttoned up with her basically suggesting if you just wait another month for your payment that i'll fuck you yeah, right i will like, suck your dick just i'll pay you later i'm surprised do you know who that guy is to that actor he's um you know in liar liar when jim carrey gets pulled over and he has to like explain to the cop every bad thing he did and he's like i just yeah, yeah, yeah. that signaling and speeding like that whole scene that's the cop yeah. he explains it oh all no to. shit yeah so now the next scene rose walks into the kitchen to return a plate to Sophia that one of the travel agents has been complaining about. It's the dinner hour now. And she said she served to over 40 people tonight and not one complaint other than this guy who's already complained about his salad a little bit earlier. And she says, if he doesn't like this lamb chop, maybe he'll like uh, this one here. And she just flips the lamb chop that's on the plate onto its other side, which I thought was very funny. Also, and lamb chops, not like a huge Italian food. No, not really. Not the, and not the, the style which yeah. like she was presenting it to them. Right, like she's I like, mean, we're cooking Italian from now on. Lamb chops for everybody. I was like, I come from a pretty Italian family. I've never had a lamb chop in my life. I've had lamb for like dinner. Like, <laughs> of course I have. Yeah. I mean, like, like a Sunday. I've had dinner. it as a meal. Yes. No, I mean, like, as that's like a Sunday meal. Sometimes you put Italian. lamb in, like, if you're making like, like a like like a tomato gravy or sauce or however you put it in the meatballs too. Yeah. Sometimes my grandmother used to, to eat it. My grandmother used to eat it with mint jelly in it used to fucking disgust me. Yeah, the mint jelly thing is kind of gnarly. As it should. <laughs> I always but, just lean towards pork. I feel like you can do a lot with pork chops the exact same. And Oh, I'm a big fan of lamb meat. I like lamb a lot, actually. What's mint jelly? 
It's exactly, it's exactly what, what you, you think, think it is. Think. Yeah. That's a thing? Yeah. That's a very big thing. Yeah. And it's specifically for, like, lamb chops, more or less. That's kind of Yeah, like that's, like, exactly thing. what you're supposed to have it on. Ew! It's, it's yeah. kind of like, exactly. <laughs> I love being here watching you find out this terrible thing exists. Yeah. <laughs> I think pork uh, in a sauce, though, is the best way to go. A nice I fatty, agree. Oh, nice too. fatty pork. The fat on that pork is what gives 80% of the flavor to a good sauce. And what oh, the yeah. sauce does to it, it almost makes it like pulled pork. Yeah. Yeah, yep. Ferg, you're right. And then so it's like good. a win, too, because then when you're like doling out the meatballs and everything later on and you get a like a pork piece, you're like, oh, shit, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the elusive yeah. pork piece. Yeah. I want to say this. As far as flipping the pork chop, uh, and I'm sorry, the lamb chop. It, it's funny, but in theory, shouldn't there be a big cut piece right? out? <laughs> the I, tried, tried, no, I, I tried to take that out of my brain and just laugh at the joke, but I thought the same thing. Like, he said yeah. it was dry and it was pink in the middle, leading you to believe that he cut it open and tasted it. But this right. pork chop is just like the ex- it's also the pork chop looks like when you give a dog a toy of a pork chop. Like it's the most perfect cutout <laughs> of a pork yeah. chop. And she walks. Sophia takes the plate and walks out herself instead of Rose. And she gives it to the guy, and she says, you know, I'm the chef. I really apologize. And they have this whole conversation about it, like, Joe, as you're explaining how it looked. And he finally takes a bite. He's like, oh, now this is good. So it's like, it tells you a lot about this travel agent who's, the way he was talking about the food and talking about its lack of je ne sais quoi and all this stuff, he's completely talking out of his ass. He's complaining just to sound like he knows more than he does. Yeah, he's trying to impress his date. Yeah, that's what I got, too. You know, it usually impresses women, I find, when I'm around them. If I say things like je ne sais quoi to the hotel meal I'm eating, they're usually really excited about that. I you know what I, I think I is impressive it. to That's a date? worked on me. Come here, big boy. <laughs> yeah. Ferg is dripping right now. If you're on a date, the last thing I'd want to do is like be like, I don't like my pork chop. It's too dry. Like that, I feel like that looks yeah. awful if you're on a date. You could feed me a dog biscuit. I'm going to pretend it's delicious and not say a word. And that's Especially you're yelling at this poor little old lady. I know. Betty White. Exactly. <laughs> so old. I mean, it, to say that it's missing je ne sais quoi is like a, such a douche. Yeah. It, there's no way to say that and not sound like a dick. And now this yeah. scene I thought was hilarious because now we cut to Rose at the front desk. And then there's a man in a ski mask who runs in and asks for the safe. And she's like, oh, aren't you warm in that hat? <laughs> and yeah, I he like holds up scene. a gun and he's like again he's like where's the safe where's the safe he's like oh you want to put the gun in the safe I, I don't know where it is I'll have to call the manager and she's talking to Roland on the phone and this, this guy is like going crazy because he's in a rush trying to hold up the hotel and she hangs up he's like oh don't worry it's just going to be a few minutes and she's like looking down and just going through the papers again while this guy's like in a rush like jumping up and down with his gun like waiting for uh, her to take her to the safe uh, this guy, I apologize to all of you. He is going to be the reason that there will be an episode coming up soon that everybody here is going to hate. Oh, great. Uh, veto. <laughs> <laughs> veto. You can't just veto me saying I want to do an episode. Don Vito. <laughs> Don Vito gets it. No, I looked up this dude. He's in a TV show. called. He's one of the main characters called The Famous Teddy Z. And it's... He's, like, the friend, and the main character is John Cryer, like, Ducky from Pretty in Pink and from Dudes and all those movies. And apparently Ducky... John Cryer's pretty famous. John Cryer's pretty famous. men would have also helped. Oh, I probably should have said... I never watched that, but I've watched Pretty in Pink and Dudes a million times. 
but he has a family bakery he doesn't want to work in, so he goes and joins the army, and then when he comes back, he gets a job in the mailroom of a successful talent agency. It looks like it's probably the worst sitcom of all time, and I can't fucking wait to watch it. Oh, Vito. good. <laughs> I really want to get stamps made that have the Vito's so and just rubber stamp it. <laughs> so now he's in this rush, and obviously she's just, like, calmly going through this. She cannot process that he's trying to rob the place. And then she's like, is this your first time in Miami? Uh, on account of the mask he's wearing. <laughs> he's wearing a balaclava in yeah. thousand degree weather. And he finally gives up. He's like, oh, where are you going? He's like, the Hilton. And it was like, is this, would you, if you're going to hold up a hotel. No, you don't go to a hotel. That is not the place you, you go to You don't go to, to the rob. front desk yeah, of no. the hotel. And then like during like dinner hours, right? Like wouldn't you at least wait till like 3 a.m. when most people are asleep and there's someone alone at the desk? Yeah, one person alone <laughs> at the desk. In most I hotels like that, you have to be buzzed uh, in at night too. I mean, no, no, this is pre, pre all that. This is pre all that that like buzzing people it's in before and the show stuff. all that. Yes. Um no cuz this is where people would be paying cash and like credit cards wouldn't be like a real big thing. No, but it's you got you got to think about it this way. It's Miami like a rich area and there'd be rich people staying there and keeping their shit in the safe. So you hit the safe, but you get all in, that. In in South shit. Beach, Miami, this is not that hotel. Like this is obviously a smaller hotel that's struggling. But you, you would think that. the security would probably be a little bit lesser at a place like this. But still, the That's timing true, is terrible. Guess, but... Yeah, no, I just, yeah. I get why they did it. They, it was a really funny scene if you don't break it down too much. But yeah. I still yeah, think it, it makes sense, sense, but that's me. That's me. I just question his timing because the odds of there being a ton of witnesses at that very point in time are very high. You want to at least make sure the people are asleep. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't matter if there's witnesses. He has a mask and there's no cell phones, or less cell phones. True. It does take a lot longer for things to happen at that point. So now we cut to Sophia, who's in the kitchen talking to herself about how she needs help. And out of view, you hear Chewie return and say, "I'm back." And Sophia looks up and goes, "Dorothy." That's one of the great moments of this episode. <laughs> so now this is a joke about like the tone of Dorothy's voice, I assume, correct? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's a and big I, thing on Golden Girls to make fun of her voice and how tall she is and, like, that she's kind of a manlyish featured. And from what I understand, that was part of her not wanting to continue on. I had read that she was a little tired about all the jokes about her manly appearance. Like, so the fact that they went with that in this episode, like. Seems like a dig. Yeah. Yeah. I'm tired of you calling me Manish, and then you have Cheech Marin going, I'm back. And it's like, Dorothy? <laughs> Cheech Marin, a man with one of the greatest mustaches of all time. And you're like, oh, is that Dorothy? It turns out she was like, she felt bad, and she was about to return. She, like, opens the door, and he has that joke, and <laughs> shuts it and leaves. Yeah. She's like, I'll, I'll watch the first episode, see how it goes. It gets robbed by that guy in the alley. Yeah. <laughs> Tonight's episode, B. Arthur will be portrayed as Cheech Marin. It's like he's playing Dorothy. <laughs> Mom. So now Chewie asks for his job back, and he's basically saying that he's going through a messy divorce, and also it's hard to fuck in his car. <laughs> I do yeah. love that that's his big issue. Also, look at Cheech Marin. Who divorces Cheech Marin? I don't know if he's... I, I, was, gonna, I was about to say, like, maybe someone did, but I don't know off the top of my head what his uh, past marital status is. Yeah, I guess in real life, I don't know how many times he has or has not been married. But even well, this character of Chewie seems so lovey. So lovable, rather. Cheech Marin is on his third marriage. So two people divorced Cheech Marin. You said his character's so lovable. All we've seen of him so far is him fighting with old ladies. 
Yeah. So, Joe, to answer your question, yeah, Darlene Morley and Patty Hyde, <laughs> they both divorced Cheech Marin. Well, you could argue that they both died. They're not clickable. That's true. Yeah, you don't know. So he's a maybe he killed them killer. by fucking them in his car too much, and they got yeah. stuck or something. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> so go on from there. God darn! I love you, Cheech. Yeah. So. She tells him, you know, you're going to have to do a little bit better than that. And he goes, I don't know how to say this, but I'm attracted to you. (laughs) And Sophia's like, you're in. And she tells him, yeah, you can have your old salary and you can have a room and we can even go a little back and forth. We'll cook a little bit of my way, a little bit of your way. But you have to pretend that you're really attracted to me. And Roland happens to walk in right at that time. and goes, hey, how's everything in here? She goes, I feel pretty. (laughs) <laughs> I thought that was cute. <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah, I did too. I was wonder too in situations like this how many rooms there are in the hotel. Yeah, because well, if, if everybody has their own about. room, we Didn't keep hearing say, about like forty something guests. Yeah, so. they said something about forty something guests earlier in the episode. So if they show it. I think it's like a three story building, right? When they do the exterior, but it's like yeah, a but we don't know how small. deep it is. So maybe but we don't we're know how deep. Twenty. Well, <laughs> we get the picture right. In our chat, yeah, but yeah, it's but not a, it's not the real, you know, it's tough it to could say. Be, story it could be wise. like a full city block. I'm guessing there's like 25 rooms or so. No, there's way more than 25. No. If it's three floors, I'm gonna guess there's probably 68. Well, there's a re- very specific number for a fictitious hotel. But Gordon did work in the hotel industry. Are we looking up how many hotel rooms? It's not a real place. There's no way to look no, up that No, but that's number. a real hotel, and if you look up how many rooms are in that hotel, ostensibly that should that. be. Anybody yeah. on that? I'm going by this picture, looking at the windows. It looks like window-wise, it's four by four. So, Which would make J right, which means four on each side of each floor, which would be 8, 16, 24. Yeah. All right, so I want to end the conversation right there, then. Jay was right. <laughs> it will go with 24. But, okay, so now Chewie has a room. All three of the Golden Girls have a room. Uh, we don't know that yet. We do know that. they share That's about, their... like, the Three Stooges, though, so that's just one <laughs> yeah. room. They it's might like have the, a, a giant the grandparents suite. Just really we're just going to go with everybody has their own room. You got the snorts going now. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) That piece of shit, Grandpa Joe. (laughs) I'm going to look this up. Side note, I love that the internet turned on Grandpa Joe like 40 years later. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) It's great. So now, in the next scene, the girls are all sitting at the table in the dining area, and they're reflecting on the day. And Rose compares the day to how hard she used to have to work growing up on a farm. And, you know, how they would work all day and night until they died. (laughs) It's like, oh, all right. And it did remind me of, like, to go back to the Golden Girls pilot. She did have those, like, really dark jokes out of nowhere. Not jokes, but just these dark comments that didn't fit her bubbly personality. She is from a pretty tough, very cold place. Yeah. Blanche tells him, you know, hey, we did it. And turns out they made enough money to survive another month and then hire some new help. And that all the travel agents that were there said that they would recommend the place. They're just kind of not reacting to that news. And Blanche's like, all right, stop being mad. Like, just admit that you guys had fun. 
And Rose did, like, you know, she did feel rewarded doing all this. But Sophia's like, you almost killed me. And Blanche is like, nothing could kill you. And Sophia's like, well, too much corn. <laughs> I thought that was weird. Uh, she makes two very weird digestion jokes in a row here. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Cause we... <laughs> and then Rose starts talking about how good she felt all week and how it felt like she had a purpose again. And then this was kind of weird. There was just like a quick thing where Sophia's like, you know, I'm 88. And she's like, you're 87. What? She's, you're 87. Okay. <laughs> it was just like, <laughs> yeah. it was, does it go it was, anywhere? Yeah, yeah it I, just kind of like died there. You know what's funny is I had this exact issue yesterday. I could not remember how old I was turning. I was like, Nick's I, trying to get a senior discount. They're like, sir, yeah. you are not eighty eight. <laughs> no, so there was something about somebody turning forty on TV. We were watching TV, and I was like, damn, I'm gonna turn thirty eight. That's pretty crazy. I'm like getting close to forty, and then like five minutes went by, and my girlfriend was like. You're not going to be 38. You're going to be 37. I was like, and I had to do the math. I was like, oh, fuck. I thought I, I think I thought I was 37 this whole year. Wait, I am 37, right? We're 37. Not yet. You not will yet. be 37. I mean, 36. 37. I am 36 right now. You are currently 36. You will be 37. Okay. You're okay. Right. I, I don't know why. <laughs> I think I just started calling. You know how at a certain point in the year, you're like, all right, I'm pretty much this age. I just think I started doing that too early. And just started considering myself 37 already. But yeah, you, you get a couple more months. It's Here a weird we are, thing, yeah. though, because like this has happened to me before. Someone goes, how old are you? And you go, uh, uh. <laughs> but if somebody <laughs> yeah. says, what's your date of birth? You can rattle that off oh, right yeah. away. Yeah. But you never think of what your age is. You know what I mean? If somebody asks you, I'm always like scanning for a second, like 37. I've Joe constantly just issue. going, what's my age again? What's my Ooh. age again? <laughs> Lame. Don't love Joe, that. I. So you have that tattooed. <laughs> Stop. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> yeah. It's what's that? That fucking rabbit with that carrot or whatever logo. Oh, Joe's tramp stamp. Hey, I don't like the word tramp. Okay. It's my, <laughs> it's my lady stamp. All right. Your, your slut stamp. <laughs> okay. You guys are being really on PC right now about this tattoo. <laughs> oh, I'll bring it up at the end of the episode for additional notes. Okay, cool. How about that? When Sophie continues to talk, she's talking about how Dorothy's gone. She also mentioned that she hasn't digested an onion. No. <laughs> Not that she's dead. I don't know. I don't know from this pilot, but she's gone. Who says they're gone? It's so dark. Be like, I can't digest an onion. My daughter is yeah. dead. Like, yeah. this thing got weird. Corn yeah, kills her. She hasn't. Is, is an onion that hard to digest? She, has, she says no. it's been 20 years since she digested an onion. I don't eat onions, so, so I do not know. Also, they're all struggling. I know she's moved on with her life, but I feel like she would have came to help them in this time of need for this week. I think, though, yeah. that she, I think it's supposed to be yeah. right after. Like, I think this all moved pretty quickly. She's probably, like, just on her honeymoon, just getting settled. And if Leslie Nielsen is to be believed, he's probably, you know, being the umpire at a World Series game or something going wrong. Farting up. Or he's storm. hanging out with O.J. Simpson right before it was a real bad time to hang out with O.J. Simpson. <laughs> Dead and loving it. <laughs> she married Dracula. He's not Frank Trevin. He's Dracula. <laughs> Where was that show? What That's an icon he was. That seriously. is a fan. That is a severely underrated Mel Brooks movie. He didn't get the credit what? it deserved. Dracula, Dracula dead loving, loving it. it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I know it's it's tough movie. Yeah, to talk Leslie Nielsen. I mean, obviously because he married Dorothy in Golden Girls, he's not really here, but. There's a guy who like started as a serious actor, and like yeah. the thought yeah. of him being yeah. serious ever 
is so weird to me. There, Gordo, I don't know if you've seen, there are so many clips of Leslie Nielsen being interviewed on farting. talk shows with a fart. <laughs> yeah, he has like, a pooter. Thing. He's like a pooter thing in his hand and just rips farts throughout the interview and ignores the fact that he's farting and just yes, lets the host try to figure it out. It's <laughs> There's literally hysterical. an interview you can watch of B. Arthur talking about how much she hated working with Leslie Nielsen. And she's like, he was such a handsome man. But he had that stupid machine, and he would use it all the time. <laughs> that, I don't know if it was like spotting. on the E True Hollywood story, or if it was on like the biography of Leslie Nielsen. But I'll definitely I'll be able to find it somewhere. God, what a treasure icon! We have to do Police Squad. It was supposed to I was going to pick a long that time ago, and you never went back to it. Because I don't, I think we couldn't find it. I don't think Gordon's had a pick in months. So <laughs> <laughs> I actually have. He keeps betting his picks away. <laughs> Was OJ so, Simpson in any funny pilots? I feel like that'd be a fun character to dance around for an hour. Oh, yeah. And a half. yeah, he was on that uh, episode of The Cosby Show. Ooh. This is like a bit of a side note, but because we talked about pilots and we were just talking about OJ, right around this time, he did a pilot for, it might have even been CBS, called The Frogmen. That was going to be like a army show, right? Where they were like Navy SEALs or whatever. And they like. He got arrested and they asked, like, whether it was, like, Brandon Tartikoff or whoever, like, the head of the network was. They were like, are you going to air the show? And they were like, well, if he's not guilty, of course we're going to play it. But if he's guilty, <laughs> no, we probably won't play it. I thought it was so honest just to be like, well, if he's a murderer, no. But if he's off, we'll, we'll still do the show and probably have great ratings, though. I wish they so were wait a minute, so they did? Man. No, they didn't because he got away with it, but everyone still knows he's a murderer. He got away with it, but if he did do it, this would be how. This would be how. <laughs> yeah. But if, he, if he wrote a book about doing it, <laughs> I have that book. I bet it's a great read. It, it it actually is. If you want, I can send it to you so you can read it. Another funny thing about that book, Gordon. I'll pull it out later. Uh, because Ronald. Whoa, Goldman's whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> Let me just pull the whip this out. <laughs> But on the book, because the Goldman family took over the publishing and they get all the money yep. for it, they just made the word if, like, so small you can barely see it. So when you look at the book, it's just a giant picture of OJ's face that says, I did it. <laughs> yep. Fucking greatest <laughs> marketing of all time. Let me see if I have it. I'll, I'll pull it out. Maybe I'll take a picture of it for our Instagram. Whoa, again, guys. <laughs> <laughs> this conversation is gold. How? How did clips? <laughs> All I right, mean, well, if you want that for our Insta, maybe we'll start an OnlyFans. No. All right. So to <laughs> to rope in this scene, basically, you know, Sophia just says, you know, like, it was good to wake up and have stuff to do again. And the three girls all toast to having a life again. Which is and bad luck in a bad situation they're in right now. They all toast with water. Not a good move. Could have been gin. <laughs> a little, a little a picture of vodka. Gin. Yeah. So now... Everyone actually to go back. I do think that in the pilot of it was they did talk about gin. She drinks gin. Sophia yeah. drinks gin. That comes up in the pilot of Golden Girls. Yeah. So well, maybe they're cheers with straight around. gin. Yeah, I'll go with it. So now, um, in the final scene, we kind of have that classic Golden Girls. Everyone is in the kitchen having cheesecake. Only now it's with the all the guys too. So Roland and Chewy and Oliver are sitting with the three girls. Rose goes to tell them the story about St. Olaf, where she's from. And all the guys are like, oh, that sounds really interesting. Tell us about it. And Sophie and Blanche are like, uh, rookies. And they just take off before she can get into the story. I do like that they left. And that's how that closes out that, that episode. 
I do like too that like Roland and all of them have like a, a like a confused look too. They they're not understanding what's going on. Like they framed yeah, they it for everybody very well. They haven't been dealing with this for years, like the other girls have. And yeah, that was the uh, conclusion of the episode. Gordy, you said you had a tidbit you wanted to get into. Uh yes, actually, according to RobOnLocation.com, best hotels uh, to rob. Yes, uh, this is what he has to say about the Golden Palace Hotel. Uh, however, a real Miami hotel was used for the establishing shots. The Carlisle was picked to portray the show's location and appeared in the opening credits. If the hotel looks familiar, you may recognize it from the 1996 comedy The Birdcage. Oh! It is no longer a hotel, but... It is still a birdcage. It's a residential condo. It's still a birdcage. So you can actually. It is still a birdcage. You're planting seeds for that joke the whole day. Joe, now knowing this information, is there any thought in your mind to sell your house and relocate and buy a condo at the Golden Palace? No, but I will say, I'm. I've given some shit to Florida in the past, but I genuinely do like Miami a lot. And uh, I'm a little sad that. So to be honest with you, I didn't know about Golden Palace until. Like two years ago, I had no idea this even. Existed. I meant to bring that up at the beginning of the show. I had never heard about it until you mentioned it for the first time. Because it, it came up these. when, yeah, when Hulu, Hulu, like a year or two ago, was like, "Hey, Netflix." Was that, what? Yeah, well, maybe it was Netflix, but whatever. Whoever was posting it, like, had a thing. They were like, "Hey, this like sort of lost season of the Golden Girls happened, and like Don Cheadle and Cheech Marin are in it, and it's about the hotel and." We're going to have it all for streaming in, like, a week or whatever. I, like, lost my mind. I was like, I can't believe there's a whole other season of this with all these people At the in time, it. it was Hulu. Hulu's the one who originally unearthed, like, that and put it in streaming. I don't know who has it now. It might be Netflix now. But... Oh, I thought Netflix had it. Hulu, at that time, from what I yeah, read, they were the first to put it out. They were the when first we, to put it out When we streaming. did Gold at, um... Fuck, what's this show's called? Girls. Golden, Golden, <laughs> Golden, Golden Girls. Golden Girls. It was on Hulu. I know that for a fact. Yeah. So there was a time oh, okay. where this show got kind of roped in with syndication. So I saw that Lifetime had it, but Lifetime had the rights to Golden Girls and this was kind of thrown in. So they kind of just aired it as the final season. And nowadays, from what I understand, as far as syndicated rights, I don't know about streaming. It's not anywhere in syndication. Golden Girls is, but Golden Palace is not. It's not, like, together as it once was. Yeah, like, you'll still see Golden Girls on, like, Oxygen or TV Land, but I had never seen Golden Palace episodes. But yeah, because I, those to get two to that shows... point, though, next time I go to Miami, I'm for sure going to this condo. I would very much like to see it. Because they ran on different I'm... networks, too, right? Golden Girls wasn't even on the same network as Golden Palace. Golden Palace was CBS. What was Golden, was Golden Girl? Girls? ABC? I believe it may it was NBC. Golden Girls was NBC, and then CBS ended up buying the rights for Golden Palace. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. That probably caused an issue with the distribution and stuff then, too. Yeah, I'm sure. That so, but it is weird thinking, like, having all that success, and then, you know, like I said, it was over 27 million viewers for that pilot episode. You would think that they would want to see if they could squeeze any more juice out of this, you know? I guess you'd have to look at how the last season did ratings-wise, not just the how this pilot did because you wouldn't know that it was going to be the successful if, if it was getting worse numbers in their final season and now they're I guess losing it, a member a lot of that depends on where nbc was going to as far as the shows that were slotted 
right? Like they might have had something slotted in the Golden Girls time slot that was doing well, or they just kind of overbooked themselves as far as shows go, and they didn't have room for it. And probably, I mean, in the end, they were right, weren't they? Because it went a season and then died. Because I think they put all their eggs in no, Dorothy coming Dorothy. back. Yeah, like they wanted her she to. They thought she died. was going to come back, but uh, she didn't. So I mean, I guess they had the right idea with not continuing with it. Yeah, because the offer to be Arthur was if you come back, it, it was for season two and three. So they like they were really planning on like extending this out as long as they could. I am personally That's very sad they gamble. couldn't make at least another season out of this because the first one, if you watch the whole season, it flies right by. It's a pretty breezy watch and it's pretty fun. Yeah, so I mean, we'll get into this with our green light or cancel, so we'll do that in a second, but I will say the one struggle I have is separating this as its own show. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like yeah, me too. in how we rate that because you know it, it's 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 a different show technically, it's a different name, they added some cast. And I get with a lot of spin-offs you are bringing character familiar characters over, but this was so tightly connected to golden girls and it's really tough to separate this yeah and when you rate it it's like do i pretend i don't know golden girls or do i accept that golden girls happened and i'm watching this as a new thing branching off from it and i, I guess that's where I'm, I'm struggling a little bit but just go with your heart man well that being said it's time to green light or cancel so while we all kind of get our final thoughts together i'm just going to start with joe who's obviously going to green light it so joe go ahead yeah i'm obviously going to green light yeah <laughs> Uh, I love this show. And then the thing to me, too, is like, I understand that you're saying it's hard to separate the two. If you, I don't know if everybody, we've talked about it, but it was a while ago. If you're very familiar, like, I've seen every episode of Golden Girls a hundred times, right? Like, that's a show I watched a lot my whole life. So finding out this existed and getting to see these characters for a whole new, see, like, the same characters in a different setting, I thought was so fun. And just like, you know, you haven't seen them. It's, It's a whole new light of it. And I love Cheech Marin. I love Don Cheadle. I'm very sad that Bobcat Goldthwait was not in this episode because his character is very fun in episode two. Yeah, we talked a lot about this. It's just Golden Girls in a new setting, and it's fun, and it's a huge green light. Nick? I, I totally agree with you, Jay. It is really tough to differentiate, or not differentiate, but ignore It's like, what angle am I looking at this from? Right, because I think a good comparison to this would be something we've already done, which is Cheers and Frasier, where it's very obviously a continuation of a single character, but you don't have to have seen Cheers to enjoy Frasier because it's, it's, it's its totally own organic start to a new thing, right? Where this is just, um, it's just a, a continuation of the same thing in a Where different... we literally start in the same house. Right. And Frasier was... was another one of those situations where that show literally starts right after Cheers ends. Right, exactly. So um, I don't... I'm greenlighting it because I did really enjoy the episode. Um, and I would continue watching this. But it's because I know these characters and I like them. You know what I mean? Like, everybody knows the Golden Girls. If these if if you were to replace every character on this show and do it the same way oh, Golden Girls without the clout of the Golden Girls behind it, would I have greenlit it? And I don't know. Obviously that goes on how well they would have executed that, but as a as a standalone concept, 
of buying a hotel and seeing if you can run it as 70-year-old women doesn't sound like it would work as a sitcom just thinking about it as a totally separate thing. So it has a crazy unfair advantage as far as what we're doing here, I think. But at the end of the day, I if we're going to consider it a pilot, I did enjoy it, and so I have to greenlight it. So uh, that's where we are. Ferg. Uh, cancel for me. Um, this had... Golden Girls was this bad, it wouldn't have gotten a perfect score either because I would have canceled Golden Girls. I thought this was all over the place. I thought they tried way too hard. It was like, especially going from Golden Girls recently just right to this, I just see the extreme flanderization of all the characters all at once because I didn't go through a whole series to get it slowly. So the opposite is of what you guys are saying. Because Golden Girls existed, I think it hurt this show for me. I'm also a little bitter because there's no Bobcat Goldthwait, so I looked into this show with a magnifying glass and picked it apart. I thought there was no real problem, and, like, they didn't have, like, a story like, what's the word I'm looking for? There was no ups and downs, really. Like, the problem presented itself, and you didn't see them struggle, they just did it. Like, they're like, all these people are coming, you don't see them struggling with, with the guests and stuff. Yeah, it, it just, just happened, I agree, and yeah. with. Oh, everything worked out. We worked hard and rolled up our sleeves. But, like, you should have seen, like, them having problems and all this stuff and things working out. That's not good storytelling. And, um, I don't know. I, I thought the script was kind of bad. Just, like I said, all the exposition and stuff. Like, show, don't tell. And because of that, yeah, cancel. Gordo. I am having, I am still on the fence about this. Because I think everybody touched on it. This show would not work if it wasn't a continuation. If we didn't know. If only... Even if... I'll propose this. Even if one of the characters of the Golden Girls was on this and everybody else was replaced, would this be as good? I don't know. I think personally this works this works better as like a movie um or like a a like vacation show but i won't say that like i didn't enjoy it because i enjoyed it but i it, i am going to like very softly greenlight it like, I don't think it deserves to be greenlit, but I don't think it deserves to be canceled. So, but I'm going to lean on, I liked it, I laughed, I kind of want to see the next episode, and that's what I have to go off of. So, greenlight. Yeah, so with me, there's a couple comparisons that I'm drawing in my head. Because we keep saying the show is not different enough to be different from the Golden Girls. Now... When, like, we talk about The Office, Michael leaves, and he's the main character, and they kind of have to add a couple characters and fidget around everyone's roles to continue on the story, and they kind of could have just did that with Dorothy. They could have had just Dorothy leave at the end of that season and just mm -hmm. made the next season still the Golden Girls and had them move to this hotel. But I guess one way or another doesn't matter because I guess to the common viewer at that time, it really was the same show. It just had a, a new name. And then I also think about something like 
Saved by the Bell when they worked at the hotel, right? It wasn't a whole new show. They just worked at a hotel for a season. And that was just how that was. And it was still Saved by the Bell and some characters were added and some weren't there. It was a great season. Yeah, it was great. But it it wasn't anything else. It wasn't like Saved by the Hotel. It was just, you know, they were still just Saved by the Bell. Great title. <laughs> so reboot, um, guys. Let's do this. Yeah, but with all that in mind, I feel like it's in a way it felt like not enough of a different show as a standalone. And Gordo, to what you said earlier, I think if it was just one of these characters in the role, I think it's an easy fail. You kind of needed the the dynamic of the three together still for it to work. Exactly. But it was a fun show. Um, it it wasn't perfect show but i but it just felt like an episode of the golden girls so and for that i'm gonna green light it but it is a little tricky i, I guess we'll say it's a, it's a little tricky doing this show but overall it's getting four out of five so congratulations to golden palace you live on for ne- another episode one more thing i'm very proud of us for one person for none of us saying golden showers well we almost you just ruined it, it. so yeah, close <laughs> But uh, yeah, congrats to the Golden Palace for continuing on. Another reminder to everyone, again, go to s1e1pod.com. That's where you can find all the links to everywhere where you can subscribe to us, uh, follow our social medias, rate, review, do all that stuff. We harp on it every week. Get in touch. Message us. We like talking to you guys. We like knowing what shows you want to hear. It really helps us kind of form a show that you guys all enjoy listening to as much as we enjoy recording. s1e1pod on Twitter and Instagram most specifically. But that's it. That's all the time we have for this week. So listen in again next week for another new episode. We'll catch you then. Thanks, guys, for listening. Goodbye. I think we got the best. I need to play out.